Welcome to Broadcast 1132. You can join us live every Sunday during our worship experience in Allen, Texas or at church1132.com. Climb Higher Part 2. Genesis chapter 22, verse 14b, a portion of the verse has been uh, and will be uh, the text that we will uh, use throughout this whole series. It says, and we believe this is the word for 2017, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. And so we've been talking about this. We're going to continue to talk about this. And we believe for 2017, everything you need for your year is going to be found on the mountain. Or in other words, as we begin, everything you need for 2017 is going to be found in your pursuit after God. That everything you need for life and for godliness is found in Him. Everything you need to accomplish the assignment on your life is found in Him. It is not by our own strength, by our own dependence, by our own striving. It is by His strength. The Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am dependent, but I'm confident. I'm confident I can do all things, but I'm dependent on the strength of God that flows in me. This is what we're focusing on in 2017, and we're going to climb higher together as a body and see that. And Exodus chapter 3 is where we start today, and we introduce a new character, a mountain climber of all mountain climbers, Moses, uh, to our series. Exodus chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. He's working for his father-in-law. Pray for him. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness, and he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. You just need to just like underline this, circle this, because we'll come back to this a ton of times throughout this series. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and I will see this strange sight why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Hold on. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me. That should be encouraging to somebody. Just say, God hears your cry. God, God, God will hear your prayer. God will hear your cry for help. And it reached God, and he has seen He's a God that sees, and he's seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you've brought the people up out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. On this mountain. Throughout the life of Moses, you will find him consistently climbing mountains. He is always getting up on a mountain. I'll tell you, he, he is like addiction to altitude. He is always getting up on a mountain. And we see this pattern throughout the scriptures that every time that Moses gets up on a mountain, God comes down. 
and meets him in the place. So now we begin to learn, if you fast forward through this story, you begin to learn that God uses the mountain as a meeting place. So when we're talking about climb higher, this is exactly what we're saying, is your mountain is your meeting place. Your mountain is the place that you meet with God. Your mountain is the place that you get away with God. And we find Moses in this story. He was born in in Egypt. We know this. He was a deliverer to the people of Israel. He murdered an Egyptian, and and, and he, he was found out. So the Bible says that he fled. He left everything in Egypt, and he fled to the wilderness where he married a woman there and began to work for her father. And so now we have this story. Moses has been in the wilderness for 40 years. 40 years. 40. I mean, that's a long time. I mean, many of us, we have a hard time, like, serving God for, like, 40 minutes. It's like, I mean, we have a hard time, like, I'm I'm really going to believe God today. Hold up, guys. 2017, I'm believing God. For the next four days, I'm going to have faith. It's like, we have faith for four days? It's just for 40 years, Moses is in the wilderness working for his father-in-law. He's tending sheep. He's a deliverer, but he's taking care of sheep. He, he is a king. He's a ruler. He's a leader of leaders. He's, he, he, he is great. He has greatness in him, and, and he's in the wilderness wandering with the sheep. And the Bible says it just so happened that one day, as he's wandering, he found himself at the mountain of God. He was wandering, serving in another man's field, And he found himself at the mountain of God. Isn't this how God works sometimes? Is that while you're serving someone else's vision, God will give you yours. There's a principle in there. The Bible says if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, you have to be the servant of all. So Moses is there and he's serving his father-in-law. It's not his sheep. He's taking care of his father-in-law. So as he's serving his vision and he's in the place of obedience, he finds himself next to a mountain which we hear in this scripture is the mountain of God. It is the mountain of God. There's a principle in translating scripture, interpreting scripture. It's called the law of first mention. It means this. The law of first mention is the principle in the interpretation of scripture which states that the first mention or occurrence of a subject in Scripture establishes as an unchangeable pattern with that subject remaining unchanged in the mind of God throughout Scripture. So what this means is when he says it's the mountain of God in the beginning, the first mention of it, it is now the mountain of God throughout. It doesn't change. And so now we see because of the first mention that there's something here. What God's trying to do is teach Moses a principle. He's trying to teach him that there's power in the mountain. Because as he gets on the mountain of God, Horeb, as he gets on the mountain of God, all of a sudden there's this bush burning there. There's this bush. Now it wasn't uncommon for there to be brush fires or for bush, bushes in the, in the wilderness to begin to catch fire and burn. It says that he stopped because it was on fire but it didn't burn. Now this is, this is really key because the bush should have burned. That's normal. But how can it be on fire and not be consumed? See, that, that is the mystery of the burning bush. The mystery of the burning bush is not that it was burning. It was that it was on fire but not being consumed. It reminds me of the promise of God that says that whenever God takes us through anything, it doesn't mean we won't go through it. It just means we'll come through it. It doesn't mean that we won't be affected. It just means that we won't die. It doesn't mean that we don't have to fight. It just means that we'll win. 
see many Christians want to avoid the battle altogether. But we have to understand that sometimes there's some fires that we have to walk through. The promise is not that we won't walk through the fire. The promise is that we won't be burned. So Moses is in this journey. And he finds this burning bush. And, 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 and he, he, he sees that the bush is on fire but it's not burning. And God begins to set a precedent of first mention. Because as you read throughout this passage, it's really interesting to know he's on the mountain of God. As he turns aside to look at the bush and God begins to speak to him, God says this. He says as soon as he got his attention, God began to talk about the Israelites and their captivity. Now you got to track with me for a minute. We're going somewhere this morning because God begins to talk about not Moses' future. He talks about the need of the people. See, this is where I think that we've really got seeking God a little bit out of order because we seek God for us. We seek God so we can be fulfilled, so we can be blessed, so we can prosper. And I will tell you that all of those things happen as a result of seeking God, but it is not the chief goal. Because we see this in, in, in verse 12, it says that this will be a sign to you, Moses, that this is I'm, that I am talking. I'm going to send you to the Israelites in captivity. I'm going to have you bring them out, and this will be the sign that I will do it. You will worship me on this mountain. Watch this progression. Mountain, valley, mountain. This is something you got to get in your mind. Mountain, valley, mountain. Most Christians' chief aim is to get up on a mountain, put up a house, and stay there. But you were never meant to stay on a mountain. You were meant to visit God on a mountain, receive something on a mountain, and then take it back down into the valley of whatever you're in and whatever you're facing and whatever you found yourself in and affect it and minister to it and deliver it. That's what Moses was. He was a deliverer. But you can't deliver people in the valley when you're standing on the mountain. So God said, Moses, you've got to go. You cannot stay here on the mountain. You've got to go. But this will be my sign to you that this is me. You will return to me on the mountain. So he starts a precedent. And he says, this is how I want you to live. From mountain to valley. To mountain to valley. Not a roller coaster of Christianity. A progression of empowering and ministering. Empowering and ministering. Emp See, many people just try to stay in the valley and minister. But when you always minister in the valley and you're never equipped on the mountain, you eventually need what other people in the valley need. If you go into the mountain and you stay on the mountain, you waste what God gave you because no one on the mountain needs what he gave you because what he gave you is for the valley. Does this make sense to anybody? I'm telling you 2017 is your year. 2017 is the year for your family. 2017 is the year for your marriage. I'm not just saying this to pump you up. I'm declaring this over your life because I believe it. If you learn how to climb, you can climb above any situation, any trial, any crisis, and begin to understand that even though I'm encountering this right now, I can get above it and I can receive something from God that I can go back down into it and I can affect it. The mountain of God. The mountain should never be a one-time experience. It needs to be revisited daily. As I was looking at this, I, I just and we've been talking about climb higher. I've been thinking of keys to just make your 2017 like it's never been before. To make your 2017 the best year yet. To live 2017 on another level. And we see this from this text, and, and, and these are some things that I pulled from it, is that we've got to be attentive to what God is doing around you. Be attentive to what God is doing around you. It says in verse 3, so Moses thought, 
I'm, I'm going to go over and see this. So this is Moses. We've been talking about this. He, he's, on the, he's, he's in the desert. He's in the wilderness. He sees the bush. But he sees, he, he observes something different. He's, he's attentive to the bushes on fire, but it's not burning. So he says he went to see it. And I'm going to tell you something about your Christianity is if you're not attentive to God, you will not see him. See, God's moving in places and in ways that we don't even know. God's moving in, in direction and moving in people and moving in your boss and moving at your job and moving scenarios and moving circumstances. He's, he's back behind the scenes moving all of it. But if you don't have eyes to see him, you will miss him. Some of you feel like God is silent or that God's not on your side or that God's not speaking to you. And, and I would venture to say that he's moving all around you. You just have to have the eyes to be able to see. I remember years ago, I bought a new car, and uh, once I got the new car, which I thought was pretty unique, it was, a, it, was, it was kind of a unique style, and I bought this car, and, and so when I got it, I, I, I got it, I got it home, and all of a sudden now driving, I saw that car everywhere. You, you ever had that happen? I mean, it's like, I, I have never seen these cars on the road, and I got this car, I'm like feeling good about myself, and, and then like I'm seeing them everywhere, like the same model, same color. It's like, what, what is going on? I just, you know what happened? My mind was awakened to a new possibility. Or I became attentive to something that has always been in my world, but I have never seen. The bushes were always burning. This bush happened to burn in a way that was different, and Moses was attentive enough to see that. See, many of us, we kind of live in this idea or this understanding that, oh, I've seen that before. Oh, I've seen that before. You come to church, and you have a preconceived idea of what this is about to be. Oh, I've, I've, I've seen that before. I'm going to tell you, you will miss what God is trying to do. Many of us focus on the wrong things, and in focusing on the wrong things, we miss the burning bush that is right in front of us. Many of us never climb a mountain, and so we live in the valley. And I'm going to tell you this, if Moses stayed in the valley, he would have never seen the burning bush. So we think God's not moving, but if we learned how to climb with God and get away with God and seek God, we'd see him moving all around us. He's moving right in your life today, and we have to be attentive to the moving of God. It says that he said, I will go over and see this strange sight. The question is not if God is moving or if he's not. The question is if we have the ability to see it. Second thing is be responsive to what God is showing you. Be responsive. So be attentive to what, what he's doing around you. He said, I'm going to go over to see. But then be responsive to what he's doing around What does this mean? It says, not only did he see it, but he said in the New King James Version, it says he turned aside to go and to perceive what was happening. He, he wasn't, see, many of us, we see, we see, oh yeah, God, you come to church, oh, God's moving at that church. You see it. But it's another thing to see it and then to turn aside. See, many people in their lives, they see God moving, but they've never made time or space for him. They've never turned aside to look. They've never turned aside to perceive what he wants for our lives. And if you never turn aside, God can never do anything with you. 
You will always be an observer and never a participator. I've got great news for you. In 2017, God wants you to be a participator in what he does, which means God's going to use you to be a part of his plan. Some of you say, well, you can't use me. I've done too much. No, this is the great thing about God is your past history doesn't disqualify you from your future destiny. God's still going to use you. Sir, God's going to use you. Ma'am, God's going to use you. Young person, God's going to use you. Older, mature person, God is going to use you. God's anointing doesn't expire with age. I've heard people say, well, I'm just going to leave it for the young people now. You're robbing them of the wisdom and the experience and the knowledge that you have. It is the power of the younger and the older generation working in harmony that brings the kingdom to life. It is the older generation, the wisdom and the knowledge of the older with the zeal of the younger that comes together in perfect harmony and creates moves of God. As long as the older looks at the younger and the younger looks at the older and both stand afar from each other, we will miss the power of what God wants to do. But the moment they see each other and turn aside to have relationship with each other, this thing goes to a whole nother level. I'm telling you, God wants to break open doors in 2017. He wants to break open paradigms in 2017. He wants to get you up so high that the thing you used to look at as big, when you get up high, it looks small to you. That dream that you thought was too big for you, as soon as you get on the mountain of God, you look at it and say, that that was big? No, it's a God dream, sir. It's a God dream, ma'am. And you can't accomplish it in your own strength, in your own ability, in your own gifting. You need God, and that's a God dream. A God dream is so far out there that I can't accomplish it on my own. I have to be responsive to what God is showing me. I found this about vision. True vision is not seeing what I see. True vision is seeing what God sees. True vision is seeing what God sees because this is what happens. He he gets up on the mountain. he, He saw it and then he turned aside to perceive it. And when he turned aside to perceive it, God said, now that I have your attention, I've heard the cries of my people. We read that. I heard the cries of my people. I'm worried about them, Moses. I've heard their suffering. I'm concerned about what they're going through. My heart's broken for them. And Moses is probably like, and, and why are you talking to me about this? Because God always has a plan. He always has a strategy. Moses is probably thinking like, okay, you, you lit the bush on fire. It didn't burn. We're up here talking. I'm kind of thinking you're about to really, like, give me my new future and new destiny, and you're talking about how everybody else is hurting. And he says, Moses, I need you to see what I see. Now that I have your attention. See, before God has your attention, you always see what you see. But when God gets your attention, you begin to see what he sees. That's what, it's almost comical to me, the things that offend people sometimes in church. Like the things that, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess that would be offensive if you're in the valley. Because that looks like a big, that looks like a big thing. But, but, but when, you get on, when, when you get on the mountain, it's like, oh, I get it now. This is not about me. This, God didn't say, Moses, I see how you've been in the wilderness. You must have had a long 40 years, you poor thing. That's not what he said. He said, get up here. Get up. Get up. See my people? They're hurting. See, that's the mark of a true church. Is that not looks across and looks inwardly, but says, okay, God, you got my attention. Now what? And God says, look at your city. Look at your family. 
Look at those friends. They, they don't know. They don't go anywhere. They, they need what you have. Oh, but God, what about what I went through? I, I, we, we spend so much time with this inward focus. You know what I found personally? Is that God heals me when I try to help others. It, it's the wildest thing. Is that when I try to serve other people, I get served. When I get outside of my own paradigm and outside of my own selfishness and begin to help somebody else, all of a sudden I receive help. I tell people this that are struggling with depression. I say, you know what we need to do? We need to go on a field trip together. Let's go bless somebody. Well, don't you know, Pastor, I've been struggling with this for 12 years. God bless you. It's a real problem. You have real feelings. But let me help you out of it. He who the sun sets free is free. Not free partway. Not free, free partially. Free indeed. That's God's plan for us is to live free indeed. Unhindered, unencumbered, ready to do what God's called us to do. So Moses stood on the mountain. He saw it. He turned aside. He made space for it. And he began to hear God's heart. And then he says, Moses, you're the answer. Number three is be obedient to what God is asking of you. Be obedient to what God is asking of you. So not only do we be attentive to what he's doing around us, we have to see it, see God moving, be responsive to what God is showing us. Now we turn aside, we make space, but now we hear from God what the assignment is, and now we have to be obedient. Verse 10, it said, so now go. Um, so now go. But God, I just got to this mountain. I like it up here. It's amazing. I finally got out of that wilderness. I'm here in the mountain of God. I, I love it here. I want to stay here. You know what? Some people make church their mountain. And they want to stay right here. I, I mean, they, like this, this, is, this is like the, the climax of their spiritual life is what we do right here. And if that is for you, that's okay. But I need to introduce you to a broader perspective that this is a stepping stone. To your own personal mount. This is not a mountain. This is a stepping stone to your own personal mountain. Because true encounter with God happens in your own personal encounter. And if you can get this personally, what happens corporately will go to a different level. You've got to get it personally, though. You've got to get this thing personal. You've got to take ownership over what God has for you. The call always comes from the mountain, but the assignment is always in the valley. The call always comes from the mountain, but the assignment is always in the valley. Hear me on this. Mountains are for equipping, not for living. See, a lot of churches, and, and we've been guilty of this over the years because it's so easy. As Christians, we just become so inward focused that we miss the mission of God. It doesn't mean that you're not cared for or your needs are not going to be cared for. It means that there is a bigger purpose have you ever had uh, something maybe affect you uh, in, in, in some way, maybe a problem, maybe an injury, but then there is a greater injury introduced, and now your injury looks small? For instance, uh, there's been times, you know, like uh, we, we've got, we got issues uh, with the boys, you know, they're being crazy, jumping off things and whatever, and Genesis is crying, you know, because he jumped off the couch trying to copy Jude and hit our cement floors. And so we're like, oh, no, you know, he's got a bruise, a goose egg, and we're worried about him, but we're also worried about what y'all are going to think because you can think we're, you know. And, and, and so we're, we're taking care of him, but then, like, Jude falls and, like, really gets hurt. Like, there's a bump in the head, but then, like, there's an injury. All of a sudden, what is somewhat of an injury looks less important 
to the greater degree of an injury. So this is what happens a lot of times in our lives is your injury or your issue or your need will always look like the most important until you see the greater need of people around you. It does not mean that your injury is not real. It just means that the focus right now has to go on the most urgent need. And it doesn't mean that your need is not going to be the most urgent need at times. It just means you've got to have a perspective that everybody is walking through something. And so I have to live my life aware of that so I do not get inward focused and miss what God is trying to do in my life because God's trying to give me an assignment He's trying to make me into who I'm supposed to be. He's trying to make me into a deliverer. we got to be obedient to what God is asking of us. You know, I th- I've been thinking about this, that if Moses would have never went to the mountain, he would have never seen. And if he would have never seen, then he would have never turned aside. And if he would have never turned aside, then he would have never heard God telling him to go. If he would have never went, then the Israelites would have never been freed from captivity. All of that started by noticing a bush that didn't burn. For you this year, the bushes that God puts in your life are going to be found on the mountain. If you try to find things in the valley, I'm going to tell you that you will be reactionary instead of strategic. Because in the valley, you're desperate because you're in the situation and you grab at whatever you can get. On the mountain, you see things differently and you become strategic. And so what is so amazing about this bush that it burned, but it wasn't consumed? And I want to tell you this as we begin to wind down. This is the most amazing part of it all. It's because he was faithful to climb, he got to see this sign. And God will always give you a sign on the mountain. He will always give you a sign on the mountaintop. He'll always give you something to hold on to on the mountaintop when you walk down into the valley because he was showing him something prophetically. He said this bush is on fire but it is not burning. And we see in the following verses that God begins to explain his heart about the Israelite people. And you know what? The Israelites were on fire but there was still hope. See this is what God was trying to show them that though you can be on fire doesn't mean your life is over. Though you went through a crisis doesn't mean your future is done. Though you went through something, though you got disqualified, though you fell down, though you stumbled, it does not mean that you're out of the race. God said you can be on fire and not burn. You can be consumed and not burn up. You still got life in you. You still got hope in you. You still got a future in you. This thing's not done yet. You're not destroyed yet. God's got a plan for you plan to prosper you, plan to give you a future and a hope, a good plan for you from a good father. That's who he is. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, 8 and 9, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not abandoned. We're struck down, but not destroyed. You know what that is? That's a bush that won't burn. That is a bush that won't be consumed. People say, look what you're walking through. Yeah, I may be on fire, but I'm coming through this. I'm pressed, but not crushed. I'm persecuted, but not abounded. I'm struck down, but not destroyed. Isaiah 43 says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. What does that mean for us? It means that whatever I'm going through, the world will look at it and say, look at them burn. But anybody that has an attentive ear 
to the Spirit of God or attentive eye to what He's doing. Say, look at they're on fire, but they're not burning. Oh, they just went through what I went through, but they're not burned up. They, they just went through the same struggle I went through, but they're okay. See, this is what begins to change a community. Is when we go through the same things that the world goes through, but we don't die. That we begin to walk on things that other people are sinking in. That's when the world takes notice. Newsflash, they don't take notice of your Facebook. Newsflash, they don't take notice of your complaining. Newsflash, they don't take note of all of your 2017 resolutions that you have not kept yet. They look at your history, not your future. The God always looks at your future. People always look at your history. You may have came in today and felt like your world was burning. But you know, you can burn and not be consumed. Do, do you know that today? That no matter, I, know, I know what goes through your mind. I've been there. I've sat in your seat. I, I know this. What goes through your mind is you start running through why it doesn't apply to you. I'm going to tell you something. It applies to you. This is the thing about Scripture is it only can be interpreted by Scripture. You can't interpret Scripture with another book or with another source. Scripture has to be interpreted by Scripture. And the Bible consistently says this message, that you're pressed but not crushed persecuted but not abandoned struck down but not destroyed my bible says we're not of those who shrink back and are destroyed but of those who believe and are saved that my friends the posture of faith that looks at 2017 and no matter what 2016 had no matter what 26 gave you no matter how 2016 hits you you can say i am not one who shrinks back i am one who believes and will be saved that posture of faith will jump you into next year like you've never been before and take you to a level that you've never been on before next level living starts with climbing higher when you climb higher you find bushes when you find bushes that won't burn it's a sign that next time you go down into that valley and everything seems like it's on fire you can remember the bush on the mountain that would not burn God loves you enough to give you a sign God loves you enough to give you his word God loves you enough to give you his promise that you can go to bank on that you can count on that you can be on fire and not burn our scripture from last week Genesis twenty-two fourteen, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided would you stand with me this morning this series is one of the messages of my life it's one of my life messages I was telling some of the guys as I look back at notes I got notes on climb higher from years and years and years ago namely 2013 I have a, a journal that is packed with this revelation and God was teaching me something then that if I would learn how to climb what does that mean? just get away with God just be with Him consistently the mountain shouldn't be visited like once a month it should be visited daily the, 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 the road to your mountain should be well worn it's well worn path I know like the, the, the path to our Keurig is like well worn but like the, the path to your mountain needs to be 
well-worn. And I found, and God taught me this, this personal example, personal, God taught me that I could get above any, any situation. I, we haven't all been through the same things, but we've all been through things. We've all encountered difficulty and struggle and loss. Had to overcome things. Some of us, I know in our body today, you're over, last night you were overcoming things. And this the thing is, we all are going through things. But we all have to learn how to climb. If God could put together a church of climbers, they weren't waiting on a chairlift, not waiting on an elevator, just saying, God, I love you enough. I'm going to get up on this mountain, and I'm going to get away with you. You would begin to notice God everywhere. See him. And then that scene would turn to turning aside, making space for And then that making space for would begin to turn to hearing his voice. And when you begin to hear his voice, your assignment becomes clear. And when your assignment becomes clear, you begin to walk in something that you've never walked in before. And you, rec- you recognize that my purpose is bigger than I thought it was. My purpose is not about me taking care of these sheep and the withers. My purpose was to release Israel from captivity in Egypt. And I didn't know it until I got on the mountain. Because on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about us at church1132.com.